You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. You're listening to The Overflow with MC Brooks on GGR Pirate Radio. Swing a fly ball, center field deep. Bellinger going back to the warning track, to the wall. It's a grand slam. Howie Kendrick with a grand slam here in the 10th inning of game five. The Nationals seven, the Dodgers three. Do you believe it? Pull the lever, Frank. Run lever. Yeah, yeah. I'm in my element, like going sign. Thinking it's no that I'm the coldest wine. Get hip to me, cause I'm Mr. Freeze. This victory with a frozen gun. Can't give me the whole my time. My vocab. Welcome to another episode of The Overflow with MC Brooks here on GGR Pirate Radio. I am your host, MC Brooks. And if you're listening to this, you probably saw the title, and you probably know what I'm gonna be talking about. Now, off the rip, I do wanna say. Spoiler warning, because I am not going to withhold anything. This is not a spoiler-free review. I am going to be going into extreme detail about everything that I saw in this film uh, from the beginning to the end. My unfiltered thoughts on Zack Snyder's version of the Justice League film. But before I get into that, I do want to just remind everyone to make sure that you go to the website, greatgeekrefuge.com, where you can find this podcast as well as as well as tons of other uh, podcasts that we have available, as well as as well as a bunch of other media in general. Um, so make sure you go to the website to get all of that. Make sure you're following us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, OnlyFans. Sorry, just kidding. Not only fans, uh, but we're we are on Patreon. We do have a Patreon where you can get tons of exclusive merch and content there. For you know, well, you see, go to our Patreon and you'll see how much it costs. It's not, I promise, not very much. Plus, you just got your stimmy, and if you just got your stimmy, that means you got money right now. So you can spare a couple dollars to help out your favorite geek website. Trust me, trust me, you can. <laughs> So, with all that being said, let's let's go ahead and uh, and get into this review because there's a lot to be said here. So let me start by saying this: Zack Snyder, you beautiful son of a bitch, you did it. I mean, dude, you fucking did it. <laughs> I mean, I, I can only imagine the level of vindication that Zach must feel seeing all of the praise and good things being said about his version of the Justice League film. I mean, to be honest, this film has been marred with a ton of controversy basically since the theatrical cut was released in 2017. Uh, the version that Joss Whedon uh, was involved in it. I'm gonna get to. I'm gonna get to him in a second. But there's been Martin controversy because a lot of fans have been behind this hashtag release the Snyder Cut movement to allow Zach the opportunity to finish his version of the film. And you know, so many people had to listen to others talk about how this Snyder Cut doesn't exist. It's not a real thing. It's a pipe dream. It's this and that guess what like it's okay to admit that you're wrong you know like it is a thousand percent okay to just say hey you were wrong 
be the bigger person. You were wrong about whether the Snyder Cut existed or not. Because it's very clear that this film in some version did exist. And sure, things had to be fixed up and, and they made some changes. I mean, but that's to be that's to be expected. I mean, that, that happens with literally every show. Um, I mean, li- you can listen to the podcast I did last week uh, on WandaVision. If you go listen to any any uh, interviews that the directors or people that have worked on the show have done, you'll hear that they, they made changes. Like when they got shut down because of COVID, they went back and they, they changed a lot of things between what was going to originally come out last year and what we got this year. So, I mean, it's to be expected that Zach was going to inevitably make changes and, and do things a bit differently. Uh, for this version of the film and um, despite all the controversy despite all of the bullshit and nonsense that has been attached to this film both positive and negative like I am very happy to talk about this film because it is complete night and day different than the 2017 version so like the tw- the runtime for the 2017 version I want to say it was like somewhere between two to two and a half hours Probably, I think it was closer to two hours tops. Um, But this right here just goes to show that some things need to be given the space to do what they need to do so they can tell the story that they need to tell and tell it the way that it needs to be told. Um, I read an interview, I want to say it was with Variety on Zack Snyder and some of the issues that he had going into the 2017 film. Um, that he was going back and forth with the studio over, for example, they wanted to get the runtime down to about two hours or so, which you can make that movie two hours, but judging from the 2017 version, you know that it's not going to be a very good movie. And the fact is, you essentially have to set up these six heroes, only three of which we've really been introduced to prior to this film, set up the villain... And set up whatever story you're trying to tell and do that in under two hours. It, it's it's a hard thing to do. You can do it, but like I said, with the like with the 2017 film, you know that version is not going to be very very good. So I mean, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm fumbling over my words here. This movie, it, I mean, it's four hours long, but I will say, it didn't feel like a four hour film. Um, I was was pretty invested from from the beginning, um, from from the from the opening couple scenes. I, I was very interested and intrigued, and it caught my attention. And you know, like I, I found it hard to really kind of move my eyes away from the screen because I was really interested in in seeing everything as it unfolded. And just wow. <laughs> Like, like three, like for me, three and a half hours went by without me even realizing that three hours had gone by when it got to the final act. And I was like, whoa, like it's what time I've seen how much for real. So, I mean, like, I, I gotta say, like, it's impressive to, to make a film that is four hours long, but doesn't feel like it's four hours, not to mention they really get you invested in so many of the characters and really building off of what took place with uh, Batman versus Superman and really kind of inspiring the motivations behind why Batman wanted to get this team together. 
and you know do, doing a really good job of kind of foreshadowing everything um, that eventually took place in this film and everything that we would have probably eventually gotten um, you know if we were going to get you know sequels to his version of Justice League and as I say fingers crossed I really would like to see um, more of this version because based on that ending credit scene like, I, I know it's going to, it's, it's not going to make people very happy. It's not going to make some people very happy. But I, I think there's a lot of potential there. And because I'm a big fan of what I think is the source material for that, I'm very intrigued to, to see that. But let me just say, uh, let me just start here before I, I start talking about individual characters with this movie. Josh Whedon, I mean... Josh Whedon is a piece of shit already just for the, uh, the, the stuff going on with Ray Fisher, um, which, you know, shout out to Ray Fisher. I wish him nothing but peace, love, and, uh, and good energy going forward because he, he may have ruined his career by coming forward the way he did, but he, he deserves all the peace, light, and encouragement. Um, and, and I really can't wait to talk about Cy, his, his portrayal of Cyborg because it was definitely a highlight for me. But Josh Whedon was already a piece of shit just for the abuse allegations, both involved with, uh, with Justice League, but also with uh, several of the other shows and uh, properties that he has worked on. And I gotta say, it is impressive to make a phenomenal movie and one of the worst movies ever in a five-year span. Because the Avengers 2012, phenomenal movie. Really good. Then made Justice League five years later. And it just goes to show that you can't do a one-size-fits-all approach when it comes to superhero films. Like, that was the strategy, I would say, like, maybe 20 years ago. When superhero the superhero genre was not as big as it is now. And the fact is... By and large, for a lot of studios, their whole incentive was, hey, we like this character. Let's uh, put some whatever story together and put it on screen and put it out there. Because, like, if we're being honest, like, a, a lot of superhero media prior to uh, 2008's Iron Man was just not very good. Like, you, you have examples of superhero films that were, in fact, very good. Uh, you can look at the 1989 uh, Batman film. Uh, you could perhaps even look at uh, 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 Spider-Man 2. Um, or personally, I would say Batman Begins, which came out in 2005. Like, you have... Or, or the Blade series. The Blade series was phenomenal. Or at least the, the early movies were phenomenal. Um, but, you like, you have examples of, like, good superhero genre films being made. But by and large, they were kind of shit. Because there, there was not a ton of care and energy that went into putting... Uh, into like portraying these characters the right way, and you can tell that with Joss Whedon with uh, with the 2017 uh, Justice League film that he just wanted to copy and paste approach, you know, with the Avengers, which is doesn't matter if these you know if these personalities fit these characters or not. I'm gonna make this joke here. I'm gonna insert this scene here. I'm gonna change this here and do this awkward thing. To kind of force humor in, even with characters that it doesn't really fit for, you know. And very clearly, as has been mentioned, the the, the twenty seventeen film just did not work because that's not a good approach. 
So, I mean, Joss Whedon honestly owes me and, like, the rest of the world a refund for that movie. In fact, I would even say Warner Brothers, too, because Warner Brothers was also very heavy-handed into what went on with, uh, with that film, too. Um, and they still chose to put it out despite knowing beforehand that it wasn't very good. But Zach got to finish his vision. And you know what? Let's, you know, let's go ahead and get into it here because I, I feel like I've done enough pre-stuff. Let's really talk about it here. So let's go character by character. Batman. Now, Ben Affleck was already my favorite portrayal of Batman to date. Um, that is not shade to Christian Bale or Michael Keaton or any of the other men who have played him beforehand in live action. Because shut up, because Kevin Conroy is a he is he is Batman, obviously when it comes to the voice. But in terms of live action depictions, Ben Affleck was was um, he was he was my Batman. I, I was very intrigued. Um, once I saw his his uh, portrayal in Batman versus Superman, and I won't lie, like I gave the casting a lot of shit when when he was announced a couple years ago, because like the stuff I seen Ben Affleck in is like, yeah, this 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 is really not it. This this is not it. And I was like, oh man, they're gonna they're gonna cast Matt Damon as the the boy wonder, and this is gonna be some some sort of some sort of trash. <laughs> Um, but that, I mean, I owed Ben Affleck an apology because I, I really, I really liked his portrayal. And while I don't think his character was always written the best in the material that he was given, um, I really rocked with him because I thought he did a good job of doing a darker kind of brooding, uh, Batman character, um, who, who obviously is kind of worn down and is like, hey, he's been at this for a while. He's tired <laughs> to say the least. But wow, I, his material in this film was was really good. I, I really enjoyed Batman in this film. And like, while it did kind of suck because I'm a Batman film to see kind of Bruce get his ass handed to him with some of these parademons that he was he was going up against, I really I really did find that he was very central to bringing everyone together, and you kind of saw. Like the arc that he was going through, which is that he's this character that always works alone. You know, he, he has always worked alone and, and he's hesitant to team up because in his background, he still has to deal with the demon of the Joker killing Robin and him having the suit. And, you know, like stuff like that can really make you question like how good you are, at what you do. Can you, are you capable of being a leader knowing that your leadership previously got somebody killed? And now you're, you know, you're being tasked with even more people, not even just the one, one person you called your sidekick, but even more people with their own uh, experiences and, and abilities. And you yourself don't have any, like I, I found his arc in this film like super fascinating and super interesting. And I really thought they were building up to something with his solo Batman film that unfortunately is not happening. We did get some information about what that uh what that solo Batman film is, and I'm gonna talk about that when I get to kind of like the the um the ending scenes for, for, for this movie. 
but I thought Batman was uh, was was pretty great. Wonder Woman in this movie was awesome. My goodness, if if this was the Wonder Woman that we got in 1984, then that movie would have been well. I mean, that movie might have been a couple minutes tops, and it would have been a much better film than what we got. Because I, I really do think that people really do underestimate the fact that Wonder Woman is fucking powerful. She is a super powerful character. She's not quite Superman, but she can go toe-to-toe with him. And we saw that in the scene where Superman got resurrected and uh, Wonder Woman headbutted him back. And it took him it took him actually putting some effort into <laughs> into uh, into fighting for to, for for her to uh you know get taken down. But Wonder Woman was amazing. I mean the the bank scene was 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 fantastic. Uh the scene with the little girl, you know, telling her she can be what she always wanted to be. Like this is what we this is what I want to see from a Wonder Woman film. Like I do like I have issues with Gal Gadot playing Wonder Woman, sure, because of who she is in real life and some of the things that she stands for, sure. But her portrayal of Wonder Woman, especially in the Snyder Cut, is phenomenal. I really enjoyed Wonder Woman 1, and I really enjoyed her portrayal here. Because Wonder Woman is an OP, an OP level character. She is super powerful, and I'm glad Zack understood that and allowed her to be really badass. I mean, even the depiction of the Amazons. I mean, the the Amazons themselves were nothing to to slouch at in terms of, in terms of going against Steppenwolf. Um, like I like it. I really do think that like just some some series and some depictions of these characters really kind of nerf them, and it can get really frustrating when you know how powerful these characters actually are, and they're given their just due. And Wonder Woman was amazing. She got her just due with this film. Uh, let's see. Who do I want to talk about next? Oh, um, Aquaman. Um, I thought Aquaman was really interesting in this film. Um, I, like, he, like in the 2017 cut, he, like, for me, he was just, he was a character who was just kind of there. Um, like, I, I couldn't really point out anything in particular that really stood out. As, as far as Aquaman's uh, character is concerned. But I, I really do think this version did a good job of setting him up for what we got in the solo Aquaman movie. You know, him being, uh, him taking care of that small town um, and, you know, bringing them fish and supplies and like these things that they need to sustain themselves because ships aren't able to actually get there to get the people the stuff that they needed. And... I thought it was really, I thought it was interesting. I love, I love his interactions with Bruce and the fact that he kind of went from this, I'm going to work alone. I'm only going to work alone. You know, I don't need to trust or help or really do anything to watching him come around. I mean, he and Batman were kind of similar in that regard. The difference is Batman was kind of forced into that leadership role because he, because of uh, what had happened with Superman and Doomsday and whatnot in, in BVS. And Aquaman is kind of the the opposite of that, which is, you know, I, you know, I'm I don't want to work with anybody. I don't need to work with anybody. Working with other people gets other people killed, you know. And so like it it was it was interesting to kind of see kind of that parallel because Bruce and Arthur were kind of similar in that regard in terms of not really wanting to work with others, but Bruce having to 
and Arthur reluctantly kind of joining up and, and becoming part of it, like it, it was really good to see. And um, he he got way more badass scenes in this in this film. Um, I and I really kind of like the the humorous moments that he had, especially with the Flash after the uh, the Superman fight. I thought that was pretty enjoyable. Aquaman was great. But now I want to talk about the two characters or two of the characters who arguably had the most, um, who, who arguably had the biggest changes in this version. And I'll start with the Flash. Now I'm a big fan of the Flash TV show, and I, I mean, I, I saw Justice League even before I had gotten into the Flash TV show. And I'll say I was not a fan of Ezra Miller's casting. Um. I think his running style was really wonky and it just looked awkward. I thought his Barry Allen was kind of annoying. Um, yeah, he was just kind of there. And, like, I, I was not really a big fan of his character. Um, but, the, the in general, the Flash is another, is another OP-level character. And I think we got to... We got to see that on display... Uh, in this film in particular, because we got a little bit more of his backstory, a little bit more of his origin, we got we got to spend more time with uh, in exploring his relationship with his dad. In fact, his dad was in prison. Um, we got to see his uh, his first interaction with Iris. And let me say this: speaking as someone who is very awkward, because I understood if a gorgeous woman is locking eyes with me and daring me to say something like I would be fumbling my words and being awkward too but bruh you needed to make a move fam because she she was ready she saw you and was like damn he fine and I mean bruh, like bruh she was staring at you from the moment y'all crossed paths to the fact she was in the car bruh you needed to do something there Come on, Barry. <laughs> but um, even that interaction and, and seeing, you know, him save Iris from being hit, being hit with that uh, that the huge truck, and whatnot was great. Uh, seeing his interactions with the other team because he he really was kind of like the the kid brother character, and generally speaking, that character is annoying by default, just by nature of kind of being the, you know, the 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 younger. Of the heroes, he's kind of excited to just be part of a team and be around other people who are super powerful. So he's annoying by default. But I found him less annoying in this film. And I enjoyed watching his scenes. I mean, even his running motion, I feel like at times was changed. And I, I don't know if they actually did change it because it's been a while since I watched the 2017 version. But it, it really did look like they made some alterations to his running style because it didn't look as awkward and clumsy looking like he was about to fall over himself while he was, while he was running. And while, I mean, I still don't love the running style. I much prefer like how it's done in the TV show. I did find it less annoying and the Flash's character was really dope. And they, they did do a great job. I feel like of setting up uh, certain things by Barry, for example, talking about uh, this rule he has about going beyond the speed of, of light and that it can do really weird things with time. And I think that it sets up kind of what happens at the very end because I had an idea 
of how I thought that final act was going to go. And it didn't go that way. It didn't go exactly that way. But but I was on point as far as Barry going beyond the speed of light allows him the opportunity to basically mess with time. You know, reverse certain events. And so I thought this was going to, this was going to kind of be like an apocalypse war thing where like this catastrophe is happening and Barry's just going to kind of outrun it until he realizes that he is he is he is completely just gone back to an earlier point in that timeline um, during the fight and realized that we need to do something different because the version that I just came from like we lose and like it was it was cool it was cool to see that um, I'm curious how they're really gonna handle time travel with the upcoming flashpoint movie um, just because I because I like I know flashpoint is intentional on some level but it's also accidental because of all the other stuff that ends up happening over the course of, of flashpoint and I, like I wonder if th if this this if like these experiences of Barry messing with time is what's going to serve as the motivation for him to realize like oh yeah I got this I can definitely go back and make this change, but we'll see. But I think overall, just Barry, I mean, them fleshing out Ezra's story was just it it was it was much better. It was well deserved. I really feel like. I am more interested in seeing more with his character because of this version. So, you know, again, good on Zach for 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 flushing out Barry Allen and the Flash and making him seemingly less like way less annoying this time around. Now, let's go into the the person who has got the most justice done to their character, no pun intended there. And that is Ray Fisher's Cyborg. I gotta just... I don't understand why Joss or the studio, would, you know, saw all this stuff that was being done and was like, you know what? Let's just nix all of it. Because Cyborg is really the heart of this film. I mean, you have other characters, other heroes that are doing that are doing things, but let's be let's be real. Cyborg is the heart of this film. He is his story arc of, of watching him, you know, be an outsider and hold all of this hatred and resentment for his father, um, especially uh, in the aftermath of his mother's death, and then ultimately. Uh, his near death when his his father, you know, turned him into cyborg and effectively ruined, you know, the future that Victor wanted to have, uh, playing sports and and going to school for it and per, and perhaps, uh, you know, uh, doing something in tech, you know, because apparently he was really smart and managed to hack the school system for uh, his friend's grades, but. Watching Victor's story arc and, you know, watching it come full circle. Because a, a big thing with this version of the Justice League is is that 
yeah, all of these characters are heroes in their own right. They are heroes in their own story, in the worlds in which they operate. They operate the cities and and places that they choose to protect, uh, the people that they care for. They're heroes in in their own right. But there's something to be said about giving up that, um, that that you know tendency to work alone, to to want to be in control of everything to, you know, having to put your faith in others. And uh, th it made the whole faith thing that Batman said super interesting when he said that. Because I've, if I remember correctly, Bruce Wayne is a well-known atheist in the comics. And I just thought that I, I did kind of side-eye it a little bit. But within the context of the film, that faith of going from, you know, a loner to working with others, I mean, it's a big leap of faith to make it work. And no character embodied that more than Cyborg because he felt like a freak. You know, he felt bad for himself. He felt angry at himself and others. And he kind of didn't really understand, you know, what to do with himself. I mean, we, we kind of see some stuff he was doing early where he was using his powers for good. Like, you know, uh, you know, messing with an ATM to allow a mother uh, with children to, like, get all of this money that she presumably needs to uh, fulfill her needs and take care of herself and, and her family. And it's stuff like that that was that was just, it was really heartwarming to see. And I mean, Cyborg was just awesome. And I know what people are saying that in Cyborg is kind of like a B-list, C-list type of character. And you know what? There probably is something to be said about that because he isn't as big and popular as, you know, Flash and Superman and Wonder Woman and Batman. But he was still pretty awesome in this movie. And it, it would, I mean, WB really needs to get this shit together. They need to apologize to Ray. They need to rehire him. For the Flashpoint movie. And then they need to give him his own solo movie. Because Cyborg is an awesome character. And I'm very interested in seeing what to do with him. What his future holds. I really felt for him. In terms of. Uh, even when you have. Issues. With your with a parent. That you're there for them when, when they need it. I'm someone who has had. Issues with both of my parents. Um, over the years at different points for different reasons and it's gotten to uh, to different levels and as far as you know communication and interaction and so on and so forth um, and and so like watching Vic still go save his dad despite all the issues he had for it, I mean it, it takes a big person to to do that and it also like it really hit home for me as someone who has had to be there for my parents, even when I've had issues with them. And, you know, Victor kind of using that to springboard to become a bigger, better version of himself, to become a selfless version of himself, to uh, help out not only uh, the others on that team, but also to help save the world. And... Doing all of that, knowing that there's no going back. Like, it was awesome to see. I'm, like, I'm very, very interested in Cyborg. And just personally, I know for a fact that I'm probably going to look up some comic book runs. 
uh, to read more about him. I mean, I, I've seen Cyborg in some things. I've watched the Teen Titans um, cartoon from back in the day. I've watched Young Justice. I have seen a little bit of Doom Patrol. I haven't gone, I haven't seen all of Doom Patrol. I have liked what I've seen of Doom Patrol, though. So, Cyborg is just a very fascinating character. And, and WB needs to, they need to do right by Ray. Um, and they, they, they need to do what they need to do to make amends. Because the fans deserve to see more of Cyborg. You know, there are a lot of characters, especially in the Marvel Universe, who were B-C-list characters until their live screen adaptations uh, got so much praise and love that they're now seen as A-list characters. Even though people who followed comics for years would say that that wasn't the case. And for me, I feel like Cyborg can kind of be that for the DCEU. Um, whether that is in a um, HBO Max series... Or a solo film, or just bringing having them cameo in several other films, he deserves it. He he absolutely deserves it. So, I mean, shout out to Zack Snyder. I can I can see why Ray has his back, um, because Zack really cared about this character, and so did Ray. And I'm very happy that we got to see this 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 depiction of it for certain. So let's talk a little bit about Superman, who. Uh, compared to the other heroes, got the least amount of screen time. However, Superman is an OP character. And Superman was pretty badass. And I gotta say, the, that black suit looked good on him. And I can see why Zack really wanted to really wanted to fight for it. Because I do think there's something to be said about seeing him in the traditional uh, red and blue. But seeing him in that black suit, man, it was... It was just really awesome. I I, I watched the uh, uh, Death of Superman and Rise of the Superman films. I want to. I don't. I don't believe it was last year. I want to say in twenty nineteen. I watched them, and seeing Superman in the black suit then was pretty dope. Seeing them with the long hair too was really dope. And I kind of wish they they had done that a little bit for uh, for this, but you know whatever. But Superman was dope. And even though, like, I'm not super big on the chemistry between him and uh, Amy Adams' Lois Lane, um, I was very interested in in seeing the dynamic played out with this version of the film. And seeing him come through and just be really badass. Because, I mean, that's kind of... I mean, Rambo wouldn't agree with me because Superman is not meant to be badass. But... I can't think of any other way to describe him in this film other than badass. I mean, taking out the other Justice League members and then just when it seemed like stuff was lost and Steppenwolf was about to fuck up Cyborg and, you know, and, you know, lay waste to what was going on. Superman shows up and he just starts wrecking fools. He just starts wrecking them. And this is why Superman is awesome because he is all powerful, and when he is when when he is with it when he's with the shits you you're not fucking with him, <laughs> you're not fucking with it. And and that that was so evident in the final act of the film, which I'm going to talk about next. Because, yeah, Superman was amazing, and I, I know there's a lot of talk going on about Henry Cavill possibly being recast. Um, him possibly cameoing in the uh, the upcoming Supergirl film that's uh, that's uh, in development, and potentially in Shazam 2, 
or the Black Adam film. Um, but I, I want to see more. I, uh, I started watching Man of Steel for the first time earlier because I still haven't actually seen that movie. My introduction to the DCEU was uh, uh, BVS. Um, but I do, I do want to watch Man of Steel. And even though like I kind of fell asleep because I was kind of tired, not because the movie was bad. I was just more tired <laughs> than I thought I was. And so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to watch Man of Steel because I want to see more of Cavill in this role. And I really loved uh, the arc that he that he had in terms of not remembering who he is. And then, like, I'm a sap for romance. So even though I don't, I'm not big on their chemistry, I did like seeing that Lois, um, Lois was the thing that helped Clark, you know, re remember who he was and eventually come full circle and figure out exactly what he needed to do to help everyone. So Superman was great. Um, before I talk about the final act, because the final act does involve several characters, I really like the Steppenwolf redesign. Um, I like making his thing armor. I thought that was pretty cool on, on point. Um, I like this design more than the 2017 version. Um, and and, and I, I think adding Darkseid to this film, because Darkseid is the other character here, was great in terms of foreshadowing what is to come in the future. But also, it made Steppenwolf's motivations a bit more clear. Because I don't know if the 2017 film really explored his motivations. Like, yeah, he wanted to get the, the mother boxes and form the unity. But, like, for what? What, what exactly did he want from it? Was it the anti-life equation? Was it something else? Was it just because he, like, you know, taking over planets? I couldn't tell you because I, unfortunately, don't remember I not unfortunately, fortunately, don't remember, but that, but I really liked, you know, this arc of him trying to get back in Darkseid's good graces, and him getting there, and, and I like the special effects that they did with the with the fight scenes because it it really showed that he is a powerful person, you know. They didn't really do anything like that with, when he took out the Amazons in the 2017 movie. But watching it in this with the added effects really, like, it really did something to it. And made made them, like, it showcased that he was a powerful character. You know, he wasn't just physically powerful, but he but he had some level of, of, of abilities and whatnot, you know? I, okay, that that might be, that might not be true. But uh, maybe it's the, the weapon that he, I don't know, whatever. I like Steppenwolf and I, and I really like Darkseid. Um... And, and I just want to speed through that because I really do want to talk about this final act. Because regardless of whether you feel that the first couple, that the, the early part of the movie is um, a slow burn, I don't know if you can say that about the final act of this film. Because Josh really did a, a disservice adding in that random family um, that they had to take care of in the 2017 version because they were not in this. And they were completely unnecessary. You got a, a lot of really dope character moments, you know. Batman, you know, in the in a version of the Batmobile, you know, uh, you know, raising hell, taking out parademons, you know, going, um, going, in, going, in, going into the place where the mother boxes is, you know, uh, watching, 
you know, Aquaman and Wonder Woman and these others come to the come to help him out when he's being attacked, and just all of them being badass and taking out all of these different taking out all these parademons, and you know, Bruce was really dope and really smart and in terms of uh, using the weapons and the guns to take out uh, the projectile weapon to take out the uh, the parademons, and then the, the the actual fight with Steppenwolf was fucking dope, so good. So it was so it was so good, and and it wasn't just a matter of people getting fucked up for the sake of it. You got to really watch, really watch them go at it. Each character kind of got their own moment of being really badass, and it. it was it was it was a really good watch, and it was so different than how it went in the twenty seventeen version. Because I remember watching it and feeling like, okay, this is cool, but like, I don't know, something's missing, and just. The edge of, of watching, you know, each character kind of get their moment. Uh, Flash speeding around so that he can team up with and help Victor get inside the Unity so that he can tear the boxes apart. Um, failing at it. Failing at it. And then Flash reversing time and, you know, fixing it. Like, it, it, was, it was dope. That part was super incredible. And... I mean, I mean, even just the 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 final part with the, the with the portal, in which you have Aquaman, you know, raising up, ra uh, hitting him with, uh, driving him with the trident, Superman punching him, and then Wonder Woman coming through, and beheading him, and his head going through the portal and landing in front of the dark side. I mean, my goodness! And then just the the stare down. You know, Darkseid had been defeated once because of uh, the the heroes coming together, and then him looking at just this version of the team of heroes. It was awesome. It, it was just it was it was it was dope. It was dramatic. I loved the shots. Um, I really liked seeing the uh, Decide and Granny Goodness. Just wow! I like this is it's is this is what we deserved. In the 2017 film, and I'm 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 happy that they made the changes that they made, and I'm happy Zach got an opportunity to change everything that he wanted to change with this film, because yeah, it was it was just it was so good, it was it was really good, to say the least. Uh, just, I mean, this is the movie we deserved in 2017, for sure. So I want to end here with talking about the final scenes. So we did see, again, we saw the original version of the scene with Lex Luthor and Deathstroke. And uh, Lex giving uh, uh, Deathstroke uh, the name to Deathstroke, the name of Batman to Deathstroke. So, like, this was supposed to set up Ben Affleck's solo film. And I encourage anyone listening to go read up on what that solo film was supposed to do. Because because the premise of it was uh, was really fascinating and really interesting. Uh, it was supposed to be, you know, um, Deathstroke systematically, you know, offing people from Bruce's life from the inside. Because he's on the end. So, like, getting rid of all of these important people to him and systematically trying to destroy his life. And it working for the most part. And this scene with uh, with with um, 
Deathstroke and, and Lex, it accomplished that. And, and I really wish we had gotten an opportunity to see this film. I don't think WB is interested in making it, especially because they already have the Robert Pattinson uh, version of events, of, uh, of movies happening. But also because of um, Ben Affleck, I don't think is interested in doing that anymore. Now, if he wanted to come back and do it as a miniseries or, or something, I would be here for this. I would a thousand percent be here for this. But it didn't happen. Um, and it's really unfortunate because I really do think that that movie would, would have been amazing. Speaking of Ben Affleck and Batman, one of the final scenes we saw was him having um, a vision or another dream, kind of like a premonition of uh, the world um, if Lois Lane ends up dying. And I really feel like this is going down kind of the Injustice storyline, which I really liked the Injustice games. I read some, I read like uh, some of the Injustice comics. And I know like, and, and I'm one of these people, like this whole trend of edgy evil Superman is kind of overplayed at this point. It's overdone. And like we need to really just kind of focus on getting a good, regular depiction of Superman. Which we are getting on Superman and Lois, just for the record. But, but, I personally have been saying for some years that I would love to see a live-action version of the Injustice storyline. I would love to see it. And based on this nightmare sequence, I definitely would like to see it. Because... You know, Cyborg is there, Flash is there with some additional armor, Deathstroke is there, Mera is there, and Jared Leto's Joker is there. And I really liked watching the interaction between Ben Affleck and Jared Leto's Joker um, there. And it is a real shame that we're not going to get any more interactions between them going forward. Because say what you will about Jared Leto as an actor, Jared Leto as an actor, um... And say what you will about his depiction of the Joker. I haven't seen Suicide Squad, so I really can't speak to it. But I really like their dynamic. And I, I really enjoyed the conversation that they had had there. And I really would like to see more of them. I'm not someone who has Batman fatigue. I'm not someone who has Joker fatigue. I'm not someone who likes to do those bullshit, edgy, you know, memes of... You know, Joker been taking out Batman in the three-piece suit with a crowbar since the 40s. <laughs> you know, like, I I don't like that edgy, the edgelord bullshit. Like, fuck out of here with that. But I did like, the, I did like this nightmare sequence. And I was very curious about, like, what, like, why Bruce is having these premonitions in, in these dreams. And I, you know, like, I've been wondering if, Spoil, I don't need to say spoiler alert. If the person who shows up right after that sequence has anything to do with it in The Martian Manhunter, um, Henry Lennox is, uh, is he plays the, the Martian Manhunter uh, who shows up at the end and basically says, like, I want to, like, I want to do something. And say, so, like, you can say something about Martian Manhunter should have should have gotten involved earlier when just Steppenwolf was was there, 
But the fact that he wants to join at the end and and really be part of the, the league and everything that's happening, there's something to be said about that. And I really want to explore more of Martian Manhunter and kind of get more of his backstory and perhaps why he chose not to be involved uh, while everything with Steppenwolf was happening. I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt here. Um, and I thought his design was cool. The special effects were not, they weren't super great there, but I like, I, I thought his design was cool and I would definitely like to get more of Martian Manhunter. So, I mean, I just said a mouthful. I mean, there are a ton of things that I liked. I, I liked all the, all the action scenes in this film. I like the additional scenes that they filmed because I feel like they did give it um, co well-needed context and more backstory for several characters here that I feel like was also needed that was missing from the 2017 film. Um, the only stuff that didn't really, really work for me, like I said, the chemistry between Superman and Amy Adams was not great. Some of the special effects were kind of whatever at, at, point, at parts. But by and large, I pretty much really like this film. It is four hours, which is long as fuck. But I, it, it kind of breezes by and it doesn't feel like a four-hour movie. And if DC is smart, if WB is smart, they will do something to kind of allow this to continue via miniseries, via comic, maybe like whatever. I, I don't know. But I'm, I'm interested in seeing this, and, and I really do think that this uh, this uh, Zack Snyder trilogy of films, even though I've only seen two of them, are pretty good. And this it's well worth a watch. So, overall, I would score uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League about an 8 out of 10. It's not a perfect movie by any stretch of the imagination, but it is an enjoyable one. And I do think that it's worth a watch at least once. There's something in here for you. You don't have to like everything, but I feel like there's something in here for you if you are a fan of any of these characters or just a fan of superhero characters in general. So that's it for me. I've said all that I have had to say here. Um, I've, I'm going to give the Snyder Cut another watch sometime this weekend. And um, I'm curious to hear what you all uh, think about this film. Uh, did you like it? Did you hate it? I'm curious to hear and see more of the reaction. The reaction so far has been pretty positive, but I'm curious to see even more. So make sure you go listen to uh, my older podcast. Go listen to the one that I did last week on WandaVision with uh, my special guest, Gabrielle. Uh, make sure you go listen to earlier podcasts about a number of um, a number of other things. Uh, make sure you uh, go to our website to find all of our content, greatgeekrefuge.com, and that you're so that you're following all of us on social media. We are Great Geek Refuge on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, so on and so forth. So with that being said, I'm out, and I will catch you all on the flip side. Thank you again for listening. This has been Pirate Radio Network Production Juice Bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy. <laughs>